0: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Al-Aqibatul Al-Muttaqeen Wala Uluwana illa ala Zalimin Allahumma salli ala nabiyyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi Ila yomiddeen Thumma amma ba Ya ibadullah كَيْفَ تُؤْمِنُوا بِشَيْءٍ تَجْهَلُ How can you believe in something of which you are ignorant about? بِذْنِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى We pick up from the statement of Jibreel عليه الصلاة والسلام أَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِسْلَامِ Inform me about Islam فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الاسلام ان تشهد ان لا اله الا الله وان محمدا رسول الله وتقيم الصلاه وتؤتي الزكاه وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت ان استطعت اليه سبيلا the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he responded to the question from Jibreel Alaihi which was, and inform me about Islam. Inform me about Islam. To which the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam, he said, al Islam is to testify and bear witness that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And to establish the prayer, and to pay the zakat, and to fast Ramadan, and to make hajj to the house, if you have the ability to do so. The Shaykh, Shaykh Salah al Taala, he begins this section by saying, هذه الأركان الخمسة. أَدَائِهَا Adaiha اِعْتِقَادِ الْقَلْبِ He said that these five pillars, it is incumbent that we perform them, is a that they are performed, coupled with a belief of the heart. Coupled with a belief of the heart. And this is this portion of the sentence is very important. Because if an individual were to perform these five pillars only, but they didn't have the belief in the heart, would that benefit them? No. It won't benefit them. Just like it did not benefit the hypocrites, and it does not benefit the hypocrites. Na'am? So it is not enough that a person just performs them. But rather it has to be coupled with a belief of the heart. The shaykh, he says, وَمَا زَادَ عَلَى هَذِهِ الْخَمْسَةِ مِنَ الْوَاجِبَاتِ أَوْ مِنَ مُسْتَحَبَّاتِ وَتَرْكُ الْمُحَرَّمَاتِ وَالْمَكْرُهَاتِ فَإِنَّهُ مُكَمِّلٌ لِهَذِهِ الْأَرْكَانِ He said, and that which goes beyond this, from, or goes beyond these five pillars, from the other obligations, the other matters that are obligatory. And from the recommendations From those affairs, from those actions that are recommended And likewise from leaving off the prohibitions And leaving off those things that are hated Then verily all of this is a completion of these pillars Then all of this is a completion of these pillars Now now this completion, right? It will be a completion that will either be one which is wajib. A completion that is wajib. Wa mustahabban or it will be a completion that is recommended. Or it will be a completion that is recommended. These pillars, these five pillars, they are the foundation upon which Islam is built. They are the foundation upon which Islam is established Now it's important to understand That the ulama they have called these five pillars They have called these five pillars So as to explain And to show to the student And to the Muslims The relationship between these five and between Islam Now, In the sense of We understand that pillars They are that which hold up a structure They are that which hold up a structure So from that sense We understand the similitude and the usage And why they utilize this terminology of pillars Because if you were to remove these pillars Then the structure will not stand up It will not maintain its its, its integrity However These pillars are different In the sense that when you have pillars to a building you may be able to take away a pillar and that building may maintain its structural integrity whereas these pillars if one of them is removed then everything collapses so for example if a person comes and he says you know what I don't believe in Hajj there is no Hajj in Islam you don't have to do it ma'am then of course this person would what? He would have fallen into one of the nullifiers of Islam Or if a person came for example and said You know what? Hajj is not wajib. Hajj exists But if you do it, it's only because it's recommended Because you want to do it, but it, you don't have to You don't have to do it If a person were to do this, he would have what? Destroyed this pillar, and thus what He would have fallen into one of the things which would nulligate the Islam So, we see the similitude in a sense That pillars hold up a structure If the, if the pillars are not there, then the structure is not there It will collapse but it differs in a sense that if one of these pillars are missing, then the whole of the Islam is gone. If a person denies any one of these five, then the whole of the Islam is gone. Or if a person says that one of these five, for example, you don't have to pray, but prayer is just if you want to. But it's not wajib. Then this would what? It would destroy a person's Islam. So in that sense, there is a difference. In that sense, there is a difference. Because if one is removed, everything is gone. It's It's destroyed unlike the pillars of a building, which you can lose one, and you, it, the building may maintain its structural integrity. Now, does that make sense? But yeah, khair. The shaykh he was on and he says, ثُمَّ تَأْتِي بَقِيَّةُ الْأَعْمَالِ مِنْ وَاجِبٍ وَمُسْتَحَبٍ أَمَّا إِذَا تَرَكَ الْعَبْدُ هَذِهِ الْأَرْكَانِ أَوْ تَرَكَ شَيْءٍ مِنْهَا he says that and then those affairs which will come after that the the remaining of the actions from those of affairs that are obligatory from those actions that are obligatory or those actions that are recommended and the like he says however if any if if the abs if the slave if he misses out on any of these pillars if he loses one of these pillars any of these pillars or if he misses something from them, if they miss something from one of these pillars, right? then he will not benefit by bringing the other wajibat. If a person misses one of these five pillars, then he won't benefit by bringing other of the wajibat. It will be of no benefit to him. Now, the Shaykh, he goes on and he says, or if he brings any of the recommended affairs, he loses out on one of these pillars, and then he brings a recommended affair. Then it will be of no benefit for him. It will be of no benefit for him. لانه لم يبني على الاساس. And this is because that additional thing that he'll be bringing outside of these five pillars. Now, yeah? that because addi- remember these five pillars are what? Are the foundation. Correct? So if he doesn't have a foundation and he brings other actions that are wajid other actions that are recommended, and so on and so forth. It won't benefit him. Why? Because he's bringing these things without a foundation. You understand? So that won't benefit you. That's like, for example, if I decided, because I was crazy, right? I said, you know what? Let's bring in some sheetrock. Let's bring in some wood. We're going to frame out some doorways, and we're going to frame out a room. Believe me brother, you're gonna love this room. I'm gonna make you the best Mekteba you can think about. You understand? And, and and you brought all the materials to the open field and we start building and we start doing all this stuff like that, right? Anybody who has any sense of engineering is gonna come there and say, "What is? what are you doing? You're, you're wasting resources and materials. Why? Because I'm building these things in the open field without having laid a foundation. So is that is that room gonna stand up? Is that wall gonna stand up? No. But maybe as soon as we be putting this sheetrock in the wall, it's going to fall over. Right? Why? Because there's no foundation. And this is why when you build any structure, what do you start with? You start with the foundation. You start doing the prep work to prepare the foundation. Once the foundation is laid, now you come and you start putting everything else. You understand? This is how it works. As opposed to a person coming and saying, listen, I have the best looking chandelier you can find. I want to put it up right now. Matter of fact, I want to build this house from the roof down. Did that work? No, of course not. You got to start from the foundation. So, this is what the Sheikh is explaining here that if a person were to bring all of these other actions that are, be they recommended or be they obligatory, without a foundation, there'd be no benefit. You need a foundation. And this is why the Sheikh is explaining, Yani, yeah, his previous statement that if a person were to bring anything outside of these five that are wajib or that is recommended, but having missed these five, having missed the foundation, then it will be of no benefit. Why? Because he's building upon that which has no foundation. So just like that that, 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 that beautiful office won't benefit you, right? Because we have no foundation, likewise, these actions won't benefit because they have no foundation. Now the Shaykh he says, Yani in an assassin, because structures they are built upon their foundations. Structures are built upon their foundations. So this is very, this is very, 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 very important. So for the Muslim now, for one who's concerned about his, his, his Islam, right? Then we have to have an extreme concern for the foundation. We have to have extreme concern for the foundation. Just like if we were going to build our dream house, we will have an extreme concern for the foundation. To make sure the foundation is 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 set, to make sure it's right, it's proper, you'll go back, you'll look, so on and so forth. If you lay the cement and you come back a day later and it cracks inside of the cement, that's going to bring problems for you. That's going to bring concerns for you. Because you're going to say if the cement is cracking after a few days, just after it's been poured and after it has hardened, then this is an indication that the structure that's going to be built upon that is not going to be correct, it's not going to have structural integrity. Right? This is how we feel about our dream house, correct? So now what about our Islam Can we afford to have cracks Within the the foundation of our Islam No way We can't afford that And this is why It's incumbent upon every Muslim To study To study The pillars of Islam There shouldn't be a single Muslim Except that he should know The pillars of of Islam Inside and out Inside and out When it comes to the issues And the affairs When it comes to the issues And the affairs of, of, of the shahada We should know it inside and out What is the meaning of La Ilaha Illallah? What is the meaning of Muhammad Rasulullah? What are the what are the conditions of La Ilaha Illallah? What are the conditions of Muhammad Rasulullah? What are the arkan? What are the pillars of La Ilaha Illallah? What is the muqtada La Ilaha Illallah? What is that which is necessitated by La Ilaha Illallah? We should know this inside and out. We actually we should know this better. We know our own names. You understand? Because look, if I forget my name, right, is that really gonna have a ill effect upon my akhirah? No, no. Right, But if I forget these things If I don't know these things Would that be dangerous for me? In the akhirah? Of course Of course So knowing these things You should know these things better than you know your own name Better than you know your own name now, Why? Because these things are more important than your name They're more important than your name You understand? Because we can make them anything to call you Now, Brother with the white foul That's enough We can fulfill the purpose of what we need to get your attention and the like these things are more important than your name. This is an encouragement for us to study the likes of these affairs. This is an encouragement for us to study the likes of these affairs. Now of course, as we, as we mentioned before, we're not going to be able to go through these things in depth and in detail between now and the next class. doesn't work like that. Today is knowledge and tomorrow knowledge too. Right? But this should be an encouragement for us to do what? To revisit these affairs. To revisit these things. To go over them again. To do muraja To review. Right? For those of us who have gone through it before. Those of us who have never gone through it, then now this is the perfect opportunity to go through it. Step by step. Right? To go through it. And to learn it and to benefit. Bithni Ta'ala. Over the course of days and nights. And then to... Review and go over it again. Because the reality is that if you have read, for example, if you have read a book about this, it doesn't hurt you to read it again. Because the second reading is not like the first reading. Right? The second reading is not like the first reading. And the third reading is not like the second reading. How many times have you read through a certain chapter of the Quran? Correct? But then you may hear a sheikh give tafsir to that same chapter. And there may be, and we're speaking about the chapters that are a little bigger, right? There may be verses therein that you know, in theory, you read that verse before. But when you hear the shaykh explain it, it's as if you never heard it before. It's as if you never read that verse before. But you know, I read that chapter. I know I finished that chapter last Ramadan. I've read that, that whole chapter before. But you hear the ayah, and it's like you never heard it before. Why? Because the second time is not like the first time. Maybe you missed something the first time. Maybe you didn't quite fully understand something the first time. So it doesn't hurt you to read it again. Shaykh Muqbar rahimahullah ta'ala he used to explain that, the, or that reading something over and over and over again, it doesn't point to any type of deficiency inside of a, one's intellect. But it, but, it, but But if anything, it will add clarity to clarity, will benefit that person because the Second reading is not like the first reading. The third reading is not like the second reading. So on and so forth. The Shaykh, and after mentioning that, he shared and he said that he read Nailul al seven times. Seven times he read it. Now, And each time he benefited, he saw something which he didn't see before. And even if you see everything you saw before, right? Maybe you got it all the first time. It's possible it still benefits you to read it a second time and a third time. You know why? Because you will be you will be uh, increasing upon your clarity. You'll be increasing upon your clarity and in, in, increasing upon your certainty. Now, so this also benefits. This also benefits. Now, the shaykh goes on and he says, فَهَذِهِ الْأَرْكَانُ كُلِّ He said that these pillars, they're not all of Islam. They're not all of Islam. Wa but rather they are its pillars only. Its pillars only Imu and they are its foundation. Illa Fal Islamu He said because Islam is, is, is wide, it's expansive, it's, it's, it's extensive. Nam it's extensive. However, these are its foundations. These are its foundations. So if we want to have it strong, we have to make sure the foundation is strong. But there's a lot of aspects to Islam is extensive. Islam is extensive. The shaykh says, He says, so thus everything that Allah has ordered with and everything that leaving it has been, yani, yani, uh, uh, everything that leaving it or those things that it has been prohibited upon us, and thus we have to leave them. Then all of this is from Islam. So those affairs in which we have been commanded to do is from Islam. Those affairs that we have commanded to stay away from, then staying away from them is from Islam, and so on and so forth. The Shaykh he says, قَالَ صَلَى sallallahu عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمِ And for this, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Al Muslimu man al Muslimuna min lisanihi wa wal Muhajiru man anhu." Hadith sahih has been collected by al-Bukhari and Muslim. Naam. Hadith collected by al-Bukhari and Muslim, what do we call a hadith? Huh? Naam. And because it has been agreed upon. Correct? Agreed upon by who Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Naam. The Prophet said that the Muslim is the one who, the Muslims are saved from his tongue and his hands. The Muslim, he is the one who the Muslims are safe from his tongue and from his hands. Naam. So from the characteristics of a Muslim is that he doesn't verbally abuse people. He doesn't verbally abuse the Muslims. He does not invent lies and spread namima about the Muslims. And he does not make riba about the Muslims. Naam. And riba who knows what riba is? Riba is what? Naam Who want to translate that? Backbiting But to To say something Behind, some, behind someone But more, more detail To say something To say something true about them behind their back Somebody add one more aspect to it? That they dislike To say something true about your brother Behind his back That he does not like You understand? This is something we have to really be concerned with and We have to really check our tongues And make sure we're not doing this Sheikh Rath Amin He explained That this you can A person can fall into this Simply By mentioning That brother so and so Drives an old raggedy car If that's something that that brother doesn't like To be mentioned just by saying that, you fall into ghibah. The brother walk away, you lean over and you say, man, he drive a hoopty. And you know that's, the brother don't like that. You understand? That's ghibah. It's stuff we have to be very aware of. Because how easy is it for us to fall into things with our tongues and we don't even realize? Na'am. But these are from, this is a central characteristic of a Muslim. Now this is something that what? That is true. You understand? So now what's Namima? Something Something that's not true. You're saying something behind your brother's back that you know he's not going to like and on top of that, it's a lie. On top of that, it's a lie. This is not good characteristics. These are not from the characteristics of a Muslim. This is not what Islam teaches us. So it's important that we understand these things and it's important that we stay away from these things. Because how sad is it now that riba and Namima has become prevalent. Has become prevalent. How many times have you heard people attacking the honor of those who we know to be noble? Inventing lies about them. Saying they this, saying they not. This one he's arrogant. This one you can't tell him nothing. This one got bad character. That one stole money. This one did this. But then when you ask them to substantiate, where's the proof and the evidence? Oh, we don't, we don't know nothing about no proof and evidence. I just know I like telling about people behind their back. That's all they know. SubhanAllah. Naam. This is an evil thing, and we have to be able to recognize what is evil, so when the evil ones come, they can be recognized. People saying the likes of these things, to what purpose? Spreading lies and false tales, for what purpose? You know why? Because they have a sickness. Because they have an insatiable appetite for money and for wealth. This is why they say these things. Why? To discredit you so I can take your place and then I can do whatever it is my agenda was to do in the first place. We have to be able to recognize and identify the likes of these people. Because they use their tongues to hurt the Muslims. Now, we shouldn't be party to this. Don't allow your ear to be an ear by way in which person will spill the likes of this disease and this poison into don't allow your ear to be like that. You understand? Because if, if anyone came to you with something nasty, nah, they came to you with, I, mean, I don't know, some, some hot water even, and said, let me put it inside your ear. You're going to tell them no. No. If someone came to you and they said, listen, this is a vial of contain of, you know, contaminated blood, you know, let me put it in your ear. You're going to tell them you must be crazy. No way. You understand? But yet we allow people to put side, inside our ear that which is worse than that. From this Namima From Nagiba You allow that to go inside the ear You understand? This is horrible Don't allow it to go in the ear Not just you don't use your tongue to speak with it Don't allow it to go inside your ear And when you identify the likes of these people Then identify them Call a spade a spade And shut them down We don't want to hear none of this stuff We don't want to hear none of this stuff Because the people that come like this I'm telling you They have an evil agenda They have an evil agenda They're not doing what they're doing For Isabel no, they have an agenda that has nothing to do with Islam. So beware of these people. Beware of these individuals. Naam? Beware of those who try to use Islam as a platform to achieve their objectives. This is not how we're supposed to be. We do stuff visa You understand? We do things for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't use Islam to fulfill an, 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 an objective. No, that's doing righteous deeds for what for dunya. You understand? This is horrible. This is wrong. This is not good. Allah Taala tells that the one who does that, he will there be nothing for him in the akhirah. Nothing for him in the akhirah. Naam. So beware the likes of these things and identify the evil individuals so that you can run away from them. You can stay away from them. Be warned, inshaAllah Taala. A'la kullen, the Muslim is the one who does not abuse the Muslims with his tongue nor with his hand. No, with this hand Whether it be hitting them Whether it be writing The likes of these lies Whether it be typing The likes of these lies on a keyboard Whether it be texting The likes of these lies Inside of a phone or a tablet Or what have you They don't use their hands to Harm the Muslims And likewise The one who makes hijrah The true uh, One who makes hijrah Is the one who He emigrates Or he makes hijrah Away from that which Allah has prohibited the one who leaves off that which Allah has prohibited na'am. So it is a comment upon each and every one of us That we become from uh, the muhajirun That we become from the muhajirun Not the real muhajirun In the sense of those who may hijra from Mecca to Medina But in the sense of those who leave that which is haram Those who leave that which Allah Ta'ala has prohibited And a hadith as we said has been collected where? Bukhari Muslim. And the hadith is called? Tafiqun alayhi. Naam. And the hadith has been narrated on the authority of Abdullah bin Amr. Abdullah bin Amr. Naam. And a number of other sahaba, but this is the one I'm going to hold you to remember insha'Allah. Ta'ya. The shaykh, he was on and he says, فَالْإِسْلَامُ يَشْمَلُ فِعْلَ الْأَوَامِرُ وَتَرْكِ and men, uh, menhiyat, That the Islam Islam is that which Encompasses The performance Of That which we have been commanded to do To perform and to act And fulfill that which The commandments That which we have been commanded to do And to stay away from those things In which we have been prohibited from uh, Prohibited from to stay away from those things which we have been prohibited from. Now, فَإِنْ نَقْصَ شَيْءٌ فَإِنَّهُ إِنْ كَانَ النَّقْصُ فِي الْأَرْكَانِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَصْحُ لَهُ إِسْلَامٌ. He said, and "If anything is missing from this, if anything is missing from this, and if anything is missing, especially from the arkan, from the pillars, then the, then the Islam won't, won't be correct for that person." The the Islam, it won't be correct for that individual. (laughs) He said, and if the deficiency is outside of, is outside of the foundations, if the deficiency is outside of the pillars, then verily that person's Islam will be deficient according to that which was left. So the deficiency will be relative according to that which is left. If that which was left was a little, then it'd be a little deficient. If that which was left was a medium size and be medium size, deficient, a lot, very deficient, so on and so forth. Wallahu, jalla Ala, يَقُولُ Allah jalla, he says, Allah Ta'ala he says, O oh, you who believe Enter into Islam wholeheartedly, completely. Enter into Islam completely. Eh? Fil Islami Meaning enter into Islam, all of it. Naam? Enter into Islam, all of it. Because if you look at the ayah, who is being addressed? Ya Amanu. Oh you who believe. Naam? And then Allah Ta'ala is telling you to do what enter into Islam wholeheartedly. So what does that mean? All oh, you who believe, take Shahada again? No. It means enter into Islam completely. Enter into Islam completely by doing that which was previously mentioned. <laughs> Don't take some of it and, and, and leave some of it. Don't take some of it and then leave some of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He tells us, do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. In the same ayah. And don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. The ulama, they explain that what is meant by the footsteps of shaitan or what are the footsteps of shaitan. The footsteps of shaitan is to take some of Islam and leave all other parts of Islam. Naam. To take some of Islam and leave off other parts of Islam. This is what it means the footsteps of Shaytan. So don't take some of Islam and then leave off other parts of Islam. Naam. This is, this because doing so will be what? Following the footsteps of the Shaytan. So we take Islam, all of it. We take it all. Naam. Bel, يأخذ المسلم من الإسلام ما يستطيع. The Muslim he takes from Islam everything he could possibly take. Everything he could possibly take. He takes it, na'am. And he doesn't take some of it and suffice himself with that and say, well, this is enough. I'll just do this, that's all. I won't do other stuff, I'll just do this. لا. But we have to take all the Islam, wholeheartedly. Na'am, all the Islam. طيب. So now, what's Islam? Na'am, what's Islam? The Shaykh, he goes on, he says, Al-Islam, huwa al-istislamu lillahi azza wa jal bi tawhid. Wa inqiyadu lahu bi ta'ah. Wa al-mura'ah min shirk wa ahli. He said that Islam, the definition of Islam is to submit oneself. To Allah, jalla wa ala, with tawheed. To submit oneself to Allah, jalla wa ala, with tawheed. Naam. Al istislamu lillah, azza wa jalla with tawheed. To submit oneself to Allah, azza wa jalla with tawheed. Wal inqiyadu mahu, bi And to be compliant in, obe- in, in obedience. To be compliant in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And freeing oneself and disassociating oneself from polytheism and the polytheist. From shirk and from the mushrikun. That one, he frees himself and he disassociates himself from shirk and from the practitioners of shirk. This These aspects are very important. These aspects are very important. This is al-Islam. Na'am. So this is that which all of us have to be doing. So when a person reflects upon this now How important is Tawheed To your Islam? How important is it? Very important It's the beginning of it, right? And the middle of it And the end of it You see? Tawheed is the beginning of the affair The middle of the affair And the end of the affair here. How long did the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam teach Tawheed? Uh, Before you answer, trick question. Okay, now go ahead. I was gave you everything you needed. (laughs) Now, huh? Naam. The whole of his message, he taught Tawheed. The whole of his message, Naam. he taught Tawheed. And is it because Tawheed is what is the first of the affair, the middle of the affair? And the end of the affair. So, Tawheed is important now. So now, is it, is it, is it uh, suitable that any one of us would be shaky in the affairs of Tawheed? We're not, yani, you know, not proficient in the affairs of Tawheed. Is that, is, that, is that acceptable? It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. So this will, this will necessitate that we what? That we have to strive hard to learn about Tawheed. And once we learn about Tawheed, is that it? We, we could be done then? We could say, oh, I learned that. That's it? No. But then we review what we learn. and we keep going over it and we keep going over it and we keep going over it and do we keep doing that until, until when? Huh? Until we die. Until we die. We keep, do, keep doing until, until we die. That's how we have to be. Naam. The Shaykh says, This definition is general. I want you to write that down. This definition is general. This is the general definition of Islam. The Shaykh says, Like Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, so someone came and they said, okay, who from the man mentioned that this definition of Islam being, being, we're going to reiterate the definition. To submit oneself to Allah with tawheed. To be compliant to Him with obedience and to disassociate oneself and free oneself from shirk and from the people of shirk. From polytheism, and from the polytheist, now who from the ulama said that this is a general definition for Islam? Then we will respond to them by saying, "It's your turn now." Huh? No. See, that's why I'm doing this again. Make sure we got the. We gotta gotta, gotta come by and check your notes. yeah. Uh, Sheikh Al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. Shaykhul Islam and Mitzaymiyyah. Naam. Tayyib. And we can also add to that Shaykh Saleh Fawzan Sheikh Saleh Fawzan is mentioning this, so we can add Shaykh Saleh Fawzan Naam. Wal naqalahu an Shaykhul Islam. And. Shaykhul Islam. Quoted Shaykhul Islam. And he mentioned the same definition. al Islam quoted Shaykh al Islam. And he mentioned the same definition. طيب. Now, I gotta keep you guys on your toes. Who's the first al Islam? Huh? Ibn Huh? Taymiyyah. But who's the Sheikh? who's the, the second Shaykh al Islam who who, who who quoted the first al Islam? Huh? Now Muhammad ibn نعم Naam, Allahu Ta'ala. طيب طيب now, where did he quote where did he bring this quote at? What book? Hmm? No. One brother said, Usul Thalatha." The other brother said, Kitab Tawheed." Who's right? And uh, nah, the latter to And the latitude. I sent him. Wahadi Islam. And this is the meaning of Islam with its general definition. This is the general definition of Islam. So now you tell me, what is the general definition of Islam? What is it? naam sense. <laughs> okay, that's one part. Don't 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 hog on the answers. You gotta compete with this brother. His brother answering all the answers. Okay, so I want you to compete with him. I'll let him answer on the answers. Let me see who else. It's quick. What's the second part? Ah. Uh. نعم. Okay. ياره طيب. And third. نعم. من من الشرك وأهلي. نعم. طيب. And who mentioned this? Sheikh uh. شيخ الإسلام المسمية. And who else? Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad al-Wahhab. And who else? <laughs> Sheikh Saleh al Fozan And others from the ulama. But this is the three we're going to hold you to, inshallah wa ta'ala. Tayyib. Khair. The Shaykh goes on and he says, الْخَمْسَةُ هِيَ الْأَرْكَانُهُ فَلَيْسَتْ هِيَ كُلَّ الْإِسْلَامُ He said, and these five pillars of Islam, they are the pillars and they are the foundation and they are not the totality of al-Islam. ب مَبَانِيهُ But rather it is the foundation of Islam. كَمَا فِي حَدِيثِ إِبْنُ عُمَر رضي الله تعالى عَنْهُمَا الْآتِي Like it comes in a hadith of Ibn Umar رضي الله تعالى عَنْهُمَا which is coming. Coming meaning because it's the next hadith that is mentioned in the 40 hadith. فَقَالَ sallallahu alayhi wa وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ He said, بُنِيَ الْإِسْلَامِ ع Shahadati, an la ilaha illallah ila akhir hadith. Naam. When the Prophet ﷺ, said that Islam is built upon five. The Shahada, the testimony that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, to the end of the hadith. To the end of the hadith. Naam. And Imam, Imam Al Nawawi, rahimahullah Ta'ala, <clears throat> he mentions this hadith third, after Hadith Jibreel, which is second. For benefit, because a person may say, but I thought this concept about the pillars of Islam was mentioned inside of the hadith of Jibreel. So why is it reiterated in the third hadith? There is a wisdom and a benefit for that, and that wisdom and that benefit is that inside of the hadith Jibreel, there is no clear proof that these are the foundation of Islam you understand whereas in the hadith of ibn umar ta'ala it becomes clear Buni al-islam ala islam is built upon five so it's a clear proof that this is the foundation of al-islam so as Sheikh Salah Fuzan explains it's like this the third hadith is 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 completing huh, the meaning from what from 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 the second hadith in other words it's, it's, it's filling in this particular a part which may have been missed or not understood yani yeah, I mean, if not pointed out but yeah, and it shows you what this shows you the precision of the ulama the precision of the ulama in making sure things are explained with great deal of clarity that things are explained and it's it's clear like there's no ambiguity and 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 and, and this is something that is of, of extreme importance and it is a characteristic of Ahl sunnah is that they're extremely clear, so we have to strive to be extremely clear, clear, now, <inaudible> clear, in everything. We have to strive to be extremely clear. This is very, very, very important. A'ya, <inaudible> because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, "La <inaudible> tazal there will not cease to be a group of my ummah who will be clear and apparent, victorious upon the truth. So this clarity and way and methodology, this clarity in creed and methodology, aqidah and minhaj, is a vital and essential characteristic of Ahl Sunnah. Is that we're clear, we don't leave things up, يعني, uh, to uh, you know, vaguely and so on and so forth. But we're clear. Our mowaqif are clear. Uh, what we believe in is clear. We don't muddy the waters. Our methodology is clear. We're clear. As Sheikh Anjali says, open book. Ahl Sunnah, open book. We don't have a da'wah in front of the microphone and then another separate da'wah behind closed doors. No. What you see is what it is. That's the way of Ahl Sunnah. We don't have no secret dawah. It's not from our way to be going inside of little alleys like rats having little secret meetings and stuff. Nah, this is not a way of Ahl Sunnah. Ahl Sunnah with clear, apparent. Now nah, that which you see is that which what it is. We don't have no secret calamity behind closed doors. We don't go in the office back there and be having me talking secret among ourselves and have a whole nother methodology, a whole nother belief, a whole nother agenda, a whole nother playbook that we hide from everybody else. And then we come out here and we give you the the public playbook and say, oh, this is what it say publicly. But we got another playbook behind our back. No, No, that's not Ahl Sunnah. That's Ahl Bidah. Ahl bidah is like that. Ahl bidah they got one playbook in front of people and they, and they wrote real playbook behind, behind closed doors. Their methodology they show to the people and their real methodology they're they upon behind closed doors. That's Ahl bidah It's not Ahl sunnah Ahl sunnah clear and apparent. Clear and apparent. So this clarity is a, a, an important characteristic uh, from the Aqidah, from the Minhaj down that permeates every aspect of our Islam even when we're teaching and explaining That we strive to be clear Even when we're speaking We strive to be clear To make sure that there is no misunderstanding And so on and so forth <clears throat> And he mentioned that Islam Is five pillars Islam is five pillars Shahada he la ilaha illallah. Wa anna Muhammadan Rasulullah and they are that we testify and bear witness that nothing has a right to be worshipped in truth except Allah and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. Wa Wa an establishment of prayer. Wa and to pay the Zakat, Wasom Ramadan and to fast Ramadan, bait, and to make hajj to the house, meaning the Kaaba. For the one who has the ability to do so. Hadihi Arkan These are the apparent pillars. Awal Shahadatan. The first Rukan are the two testimonies. Now this is the important point. The first pillar is the two testimonies. Now why have the two testimonies been rendered one pillar? The sheikh he explains. He said, because one of them won't benefit without the other. One of them won't benefit without the other. So therefore, they're, they're one pillar. Therefore, they're one pillar. So someone comes to you, right? And they ask you, why are the two testimonies counted as one pillar? Then this is the reason. Because one of them will not benefit without the other. They have to go together. So therefore, they're one pillar. Now, yeah, that makes sense for you. <clears throat> The shaykh, he says, to, to further explain, فَلَوْ شَهِدَ إِلَهَ اللَّهِ وَأَنْكَرَ أَنَّ محمد رسول الله فإنه لا شهادته. لا إله الله. Very important point. He said, because if a person were to testify and bear witness that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, but at the same time, he would deny that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, then in essence, his testimony of Na ilaha illallah won't be correct. It won't be correct. You understand? So if he doesn't believe Muhammad Rasulullah, then his testimony of Ilaha is not correct. It do not count. It doesn't count. Nam. <laughs> and the Shaykh he says, وَكَذَلِكَ Rasulullah, شَاهِدَ أَنَّ مُحَمَدًا رَسُولُوا لَا وَلَمْ يَعْتَرِفْ أَنَّ لَا Tenfail. And likewise, the person who testifies that Muhammad is a messenger of Allah, but he does not acknowledge La ilaha illallah, then he will not benefit from his shahada. Nam, la bil then he won't benefit from his acknowledgement and testimony for the Messengership of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, I will give you an example of of, uh, of of a person that may do this because it may come to a person's mind who would, yani, acknowledge the Risalah but not acknowledge na'ilah ilaha Allah. you have a lot of them. Uh, you have a lot of, of uh, quote-unquote academics, okay, and pseudo intellectuals and so on and so forth. A lot of universities are filled with them. Filled with them be they, professors of Middle Eastern studies, or professors of psychology, sociology, history, or whatever. Now, you have many professors who will say, "We acknowledge that Muhammad is a messenger. We acknowledge he's a prophet. We acknowledge he's a messenger." Now, you have many. You have some of the kuffar, and they believe this. They say, "Yeah, we accept he's a prophet. We accept that." Now, but when it comes to La Ilaha Illallah, they don't acknowledge that because they, they they pray to Jesus or they pray to Uzair or they, you know. What, what have you, pray to their ancestors or whatever it is they may pray to. So they don't establish, they don't testify to la ilaha illallah, but they acknowledge the messengership, they acknowledge the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa You understand? So for a person that acknowledges this, then we say, well, that, that acknowledgement of his messengership, of his prophethood, it won't benefit you until you couple with it, la ilaha illallah. Naam? And this is, I any mean, what the shaykh is explaining here at this portion. Naam. So thus... It is incumbent. فَلَابُدْ مِن شَهَادَتَيْنْ جميعا. Then we have to have both of the shahadas, both together, if we're going to benefit. فَالشَهَادَةُ إِنْ لَا إله الله مَعْنَاهِ إِفْرَادُ اللَّهِ بِالْعِبَادَةِ The shahada of La ilaha illallah then its meaning is to single out Allah alone with worship. To single out Allah alone with worship. أي? لَا La بِحَقٍ إِلَّا اللَّهِ that nothing has a right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. So that the meaning of la ilaha illallah is what? La ma'abooda bihaq illallah. Nothing has a right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. وَشَهَادَتُوا أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ رَسُولُ اللهِ And the testimony that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, وَمَعْنَاهَا The meaning of it, إِفْرَادُ النَّبِي wal وَالْإِقْتِدَاءِ عَلَيْهِ salatu وَالسَّلَامِ is to single out the messenger, sallallahu alaihi when it comes to following him and to imitating him, salatu لأنه مُبَلِّغٌ عن الله عز و جل. because he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is the one who's informing us, giving us the information. naam from Allah. He is the one who's conveying to us the message from Allah. You understand? This is a this is a part that is very very important, especially in a lesson that, that needs to be learned by those brothers who fall into taqlid. Taqlid of a right? Our following is for Muhammad sallallahu We don't put anyone's opinion nor anyone's statement from the human beings ahead of that of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If a person comes to us and they say that imam such and such, he says so on and so forth. Despite and regardless on what station, what level he has attained. If that statement contradicts the statement of the Prophet wasallam, they were going to respectfully not listen to the statement of that imam. And we're going to hold on to the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Why? Because he is the messenger of Allah, not that Imam. It becomes very clear. You understand? If if a person who has a madhab and so on and so forth, if the Imam of your madhab says in this issue is like this, but then it comes to you a clear text, a clear hadith that's authentic from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, opposite of that, then according to the mandate of the madhahib themselves, you're supposed to do what? You're supposed to take that statement. And throw it away, and go with the Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is what all the Imma said. Statements that are similar, all, all bearing this meaning. You understand? And this is, and this is what we, this is what we say to those individuals who are blind followers who don't necessarily understand this fact who look at it and view it as being disrespectful. Well, how are you going to disregard the statement of all of these a'imah from this madhab? How are you going to disregard all of the kalam from these mashayikh on this particular issue? Then we say to them, and they try to make it seem like you're doing something wrong, it's out of disrespect, you don't have no adept, you have no manners, you don't know how to act, you're untrained, you unlearned, so on and so forth. And we tell them, listen, it's not out of any type of disrespect. For those individuals, but rather, we're not taking their opinion out of respect for the Messenger of Allah. Because at the end of the affair, that is the Messenger of Allah, those individuals are not. So if we're going to go with the Messenger of Allah. If you put it to uh, something to be weighed, I have the statement of the Messenger of Allah, I got a statement for someone who's not the Messenger of Allah. Well, that's not even something we got to think about. We're going to go with the Rasulullah. Because that's Rasulullah sallam. We're not going to take someone else. Nah, but this is something that's very important for us to understand that when a statement comes sahih from the Prophet wasallam, then that's it. Khalas. It supersedes any other statement from, any other, from, from, from a human being. It supersedes any other statement from any other human being. We prefer the statement of the Prophet wasallam. Naam. This is very important. Why? Because he is the messenger of Allah. Naam. The shaykh, he says, he said, and it's not intended for, uh, by the shahadatein that, that you purely articulate them only. If a person were just to say them, that's not going to benefit him. You understand? If a person just says them, it doesn't benefit him. It doesn't benefit him. It's not enough. It's not enough that he says it. Even if he says it all the time, it's not enough that he just says it. Right? But rather, he has to act in accordance to it. He has to act in accordance to it. And to act in accordance to it, you have to first and foremost know what it means. You have to know what it means, what it means to act in accordance to it. The proper way in which one establishes it. You have to know that in order to establish it correctly. And this is something that is very clear. Because right now, we will go to the streets now, Toronto, and just, and just you know grab any bloke off the street, Right? You know, a non-Muslim of course I'm talking about a non-Muslim we grab him off the street and we say listen listen Johnny repeat after me and he say okay we say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah say "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah and he struggles with it but he says it right is he Muslim? no he did not even know what it means he just saying what I said because I told him repeat correct? he don't know what it means but for him to be a Muslim he has to do what? He has to know what it means. He has to believe that, right? Because that belief is going to is going to supersede. Is going to is going to come before that statement. As Sheikh Salam is explains that that the Yani the belief in a person's heart precedes his articulation of the Shahada. From the Shahada, Yani which comes from the, the linguistic meaning of of the word Shahada, he's just informing, making an i'lan on that which is in his heart. He just informing that which is in his heart. So the belief has it comes first. Now, So the person, he knows what it means. He believes in that in his heart. And then he articulates it. Now he's what? He's a Muslim. Now Johnny, Yahya. Now John Yahya. Now he's Muslim. Now? But if he would just say it, he don't know what it means. You know, it, it just sounds to him. So on and so forth, he just says it. Would that benefit him? It won't benefit him. Right? We established that. It won't benefit him. right? But... Now, you ever hear the statement, like processes produce like results, right? The same process produces the same result, okay? Give an example. If I had a mallet and I and I, hit, I hit you in the hand, it's going to hurt. Now, if I went around the room and did the same and repeated that process, in every case, it's going to re- produce re- the same result of pain, correct? But, so things that benefit, benefit. Things that don't benefit, don't benefit. If it don't benefit here, it won't benefit there. If it wasn't, if it don't benefit him, it won't benefit me. You understand? But yeah. So if just saying the shahada won't benefit Johnny, why would it benefit Sadiq? It won't. Same process, produce the same result. In order for Johnny to benefit, he has to know its meaning, believe in that, and articulate it. Right? Okay. So now, what will be the process for Sadiq? To benefit He will have to You tell me Know its meaning Believe in it Articulate it You understand? So now when you look at it from the standpoint You realize that what? When it comes to learning the affairs Of what is the meaning of the shahada It's something that we can't live without We can't live without it We have to know it This is something that's too important It's not sufficient It's not, It's not. not. It's not suitable It's not acceptable That we should have children Our children don't know this stuff yeah, we, and we explain Islam is not inherited. Person can't inherit Islam. You understand? Each individual has to believe. Each individual has to believe. We have to make sure we teach and educate our children of these things. If you read the Surah al-Baqarah, Ya Salam, when he was on his deathbed. He's on his deathbed. You understand? On his deathbed. How many things that you know you, you, you can say a person may be worrying about when he's dying? There's a lot of things you could be worrying about when you're dying. You, know, you understand? But what was his main concern he's worried about when he's dying? He's asking his children, what are you going to worship after me? That's his main concern, to make sure that they have with them tawhid. He's dying. And his main concern is to make sure his children is going to be upon tawhid when he dead, after he died. Alayhi <inaudible> wa You understand what I'm saying? So this is why it is extreme importance it's of extreme importance that we teach and we educate our children with regards to the reality of these things so that they are able, they are equipped to believe in it correctly. And this is understanding the reality of our situation. Because as the Prophet ﷺ explained, there is not a single year except the one after it is worse. So that means that the world that we live in right now, the world that our children are going to be seeing is going to be worse than the way it is right now. Because every year it gets worse. So we have to equip them with that in which they'll be able to uh, maneuver through the problems and the and that are going to be around in their time. So we have to give them a strong foundation. We can't can't play around with this. We have to give them a strong foundation because that's being a good parent. That's being a good parent. And if you don't do that, you're a bad parent. I don't care if you leave them a hundred million dollars. I don't care if you leave them a trust fund that got too many zeros on to articulate. If you don't leave them with the likes of this proper belief and methodology, you're a bad parent. If you don't prepare them to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're a bad parent. If your preparation for your children stops at their graves, you are a bad parent. Period. None of us wants to be bad at anything, let alone being a parent. So it is incumbent that we teach and we educate our children. We all agree to this, right? but, but here's the catch. Al La The one who's deprived of something can't give it. So in order to teach your kids, that means you what? You have to have it first. You have to have it first. So now all you young guys looking at me like, well, I'm off the hook because I'm not a parent. I'm only like 16. I'm not a parent. What are you talking about? But inshallah, you will be a parent. So it's applicable because you have to have it so you'll be able to teach it to your children. So not everybody. It's applicable to them. We have to know these things inside and out. Which will require study, will require diligence, it will require that we sacrifice and we put for our time. When it comes to this, ala Giappone <laughs> a